I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And this is The Aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And this is not medical advice. Hello, everyone. How's it going? It's going good. I hope everybody's having a fantastic summer. Yeah, me too. It's been kind of busy. Sorry, I'm going to move the microphone towards me. I, I think you're doing good. Far away. You're doing good. Are you sure? I well, I have this theory. Well, now you've now you're doing well, now it. She's can't. just adjusting things. <laughs> no, I think because we have it set on distance, that the closer you're getting, the farther away the sounds. So keep it like that. I don't understand what you're talking about. So your the pleths work better when it was farther away over here. Try, see what happens now. Okay. Wow, that's I, they're little. That's not working. All well. my snacks are in the way. <laughs> we have it's a snacky kind of day we today. Just give us a moment. But what do you mean about the distance? See how? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll give it a go. You know what? And if it doesn't work, we're just going to have to really figure this out. We will. We'll we're figure gonna, it out. We're going to call the people. A year later. Well, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I I forgot to change my chair, too, so my chair is going to be squeaking this whole time. Okay. Well, you know, it does a pretty good job of getting that kind of noise out, I think. It really does. Yeah. It's a very good platform. It is. Well, I like it. It's yeah. easy. It's been working for us. It's easy for me. Yeah. <laughs> And you do most of the work on there, admittedly. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's going on? Okay. Well. What's going on today? Today, well, we're going to talk about osteoporosis, or do you mean like in my day? Oh, my gosh. So Megan's talking to me earlier, you guys, about a vaginal exam. Oh. And I <laughs> am still trying to wrap my brain around the necessity of this exam of hers. Yeah. So, well, many we got to give a little like, you know, a little bit on this sure. little background because we worked with this nurse well over a decade ago and we were all sitting around the nurse's station. And this was when Christina was still just a bedside nurse and we were all chatting. It's not just a bedside nurse. Oh, when I was a, sorry, a bedside. fantastic bedside yeah. nurse, right. not because I particularly was fantastic, but bedside nurses are amazing. I'm one of those. Like, so I shouldn't knock yeah. the bedside nurse. Hello, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, but before she went and did all of that school, you know, to do mm -hmm. what she does now. But anyway, we were sitting around the nurse's station and the best conversations happen at the nurse's station, actually. At midnight. I Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I can think she of lots of really late. fun times. Anyway. but She's were, looking at me and she's trying to sell me out. I just know it. No, there's just this one. Well, I'll save oh, it no. for another day. Um, anyway, so she... This nurse was, we were talking about vaginal exams and cervical exams rather. And she, she's, we usually check with two fingers. You know, you kind of go in with two fingers, you feel around, you can find the cervix. It works really well. Um, and she said that sometimes she just slips in a third finger. <laughs> and we just all kind of look at each other and look around and we just bust up laughing. I think it, I was like, wait, what, what? are you, what are you using you, the third finger for? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Why do you need that to check a cervix? 
And she's like, I sometimes I just like to put a third one in there yeah. for distance. Yeah. I'm like, what? I know. It was hilarious. And I never understood, right? Because I've never, ever done this before. Yeah. Recently. And so, <laughs> and so <laughs> I was checking this gal and I just couldn't quite reach it. And I mean, there's lots of times when you can't really reach a cervix. And so there's little tricks you could do, right? And I did all the tricks and I couldn't find it. And I just felt like. I felt compelled. I had to slip the third finger in there and I did it. I did it. And I was able to find what I needed to, but Listen, I was just recalling back. I mean, because it's hilarious. And she's assuring me that there's tons of space. There was enough room there was... for it. I wasn't going to hurt the lady. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, <laughs> I've never needed a third finger. I know. And I, 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 I don't know. I'm not, I well, know. what did you do with the third finger? So, your ring finger has no so, tone to no, it. My third finger did not go into the cervix. Okay. okay so but it went, it into, went into the vagina. So you could reach further. So that I could go a little further. Because okay. it gave me just a little more. Like a few more millimeters. Millimeters, <laughs> millimeters are important. But it got the job done. And okay. I felt satisfied with my exam. You know what? That's all that matters. Yeah. But it was really funny. <laughs> because I actually, you know, this story about slipping the third finger is just a timeless one, I think. That I, we'll tell for ages. Forever. Yeah. Forever and ever. Yeah. So anyway, that's the story that we wanted to share with you because it was really funny. We were reminiscing. Yeah. I, you know, there's yeah. a first for everything in there labor is. and delivery. Yeah. Never think that you know it all. Never. Mm -hmm. I would never think that actually. I, I go to work every day and I learn something yeah. that I didn't know before. It's amazing how you can just yeah. learn stuff all the time. I feel like I say I'm today years old. Yeah. Every day almost. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's incredible. Even after doing something for quite some time. Yeah. And feeling like, you know, you know stuff. And then you're like, oh, I don't know stuff. You don't know anything you feel like. I know. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. If you're a labor nurse and you ever slipped the third finger. <laughs> share your story. You should let us know. I want to hear your platypus anonymous stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, um, I guess on my um, midwifery group from my school, mm -hmm. um, there's, we all talk about like, platypus so it's like a anonymous person theoretical hypothetical oh okay to save you know face in terms of like sure. following yeah. hipaa um protocol yeah so first it was the kids yeah. and now it's the doge the doge is here yeah. and the kids are going to come shortly after i'm sure they are and so you know be patient with us yeah. here we're just going to carry on because we've already stopped once yeah <laughs> the family the family friendly podcast you know, right and the dog is now trying to eat my snacks always <laughs> trying to eat your snacks i feel like that's hilarious she's a very opportunistic yes. pooch as are most look at her she just she's looks crazy though. yeah well well shall we just we should just start? go for it okay, yeah megan has <laughs> wow we're a little disjointed today it's that's fine like every day i feel like they're probably used to it now because i feel like we say that a lot <laughs> <laughs> they're just like this is just you guys just and it's you know and it, it's true actually yeah. we should just not even put on a front like we have our lives together because we actually don't ever <laughs> and it's fine it's fine we we're manage we're still living people trust us yeah so that's good yeah that's great okay well we're gonna thank talk. you for trusting us yeah thank you and share your stories yeah don't forget to share your stories like we and are, review yeah the the birth stories though they're like just not coming in and we got to have oh, them man. so we can continue to share them. Yeah. And also um, share us with your people. Like yeah. I'm sure you'll have a friend or something yeah. that wants to 
learn about themselves mm -hmm. or listen to the stories yeah. or has one thing that they like, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's stuff to be learned. We're fun. Yeah, we are. I fun. think. <laughs> well, we try to be. <laughs> yeah. All right. Megan's okay. talking about the coolest thing today. Yeah. Apparently. I, I think it's a little boring. I know. But... She, I know. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said I was. So I told her what I was, my topic was going to be. And she's like, osteoporosis. And I was like, yeah. I was like, it affects more women than men. And it's a women's health topic. And she's like, oh, this is going to be boring. But, you know, she said that about the hair episode. And um, I thought that was a really fun episode. If you haven't listened to the hair episode, you should probably do that. I yeah. agree. I totally agree. I know I'm talking from across the room, but yeah. my dog was trying to drink from the Get toilet. Into stuff. Uh, Gary, come. <laughs> um, so we are, um, I found it really interesting. And so we're going to talk about all things osteoporosis today. Okay, so I wanted, I actually, the word osteoporosis is really fun. And it follows all of the medical terminology building rules, which I really appreciate. And um, so I just wanted to tell you what it actually means. Yeah, I'm excited. So it is kind of defined as like a bone disease that is caused by a decrease in bone mass and density leading to a decrease in bone strength. But it literally translates into abnormal condition of porous bones, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the disease is not fun, though. Just the word. Just the word. Just saying the word is fun. Osteoporosis. Um, it sounds like a Mary Poppins song. Oh, it does. Yeah. Were you going to? Well, I no. was going to sing something like a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, it doesn't and then fit, I, though. It I, doesn't, no, it doesn't. It doesn't go. Okay. Which is why I didn't sing it. Okay, very But good. then you made me. You're and right. then. Okay, let's let's go back. <laughs> All right. So this disease um, <laughs> that is caused <laughs> by a decrease in bone, ma bone mass, um, it, it causes porous areas throughout the bone matrix, changing the actual structure of the bone, which I thought was interesting. And then it puts people obviously um, at risk for bone fractures. That's like the, mm -hmm. you know, like the, the bone, the porous bones in itself doesn't, you know, isn't necessarily the big issue that causes all of the morbidities and stuff. It's the um, breaking of the bones. I thought it was like the porous areas of the bone are, kind of supposed to be there like spongy yeah there are but they the um mass of porous area and oh, the matrix, changes. yeah it changes and so that matrix uh, there are poor porous areas within the bone matrix but they become greater I and see. so then they become brittle i see yeah very good okay so there are two types of osteoporosis primary and secondary so primary osteoporosis occurs with the normal aging process sure and then secondary osteoporosis occurs with a specific clinical disorder or disease. Or from medication. Or from medication. Huh. Yep. Um, and can sometimes be reversed with treatment of the disorder or discontinuation of the medicine. Okay. Okay. Um, endocrine and hormonal diseases are some examples. Um, gastrointestinal diseases can cause this, rheumatoid arthritis, certain types of cancer, um, HIV and AIDS, and anorexia nervosa are just some mm. of the... Um, primary diseases that can cause secondary osteoporosis. Because you're losing nutrients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So some statistics. Which love statistics. I know I love them. So um, this is according to the National Osteoporosis Foundation. 
So approximately 10 million America, Americans have osteoporosis and another 44 million have low bone density, which puts them at risk. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, one in two women and up to one in four men will break a bone in their lifetime due to osteoporosis. That's 50% that's in a lot. women. Yeah, it's a lot. I know that's why I wanted to talk about it. That's crazy. I know because I didn't realize it was so many. I mean, I knew yeah. the women were more at risk, but I didn't really know how much more. Um, wow. Yeah. And for women, the incidence is greater than that of heart attack, stroke, and breast cancer combined. Wow. Breaking the bone. Yeah. Due wow. to osteoporosis. Wow. I know. So it's actually pretty prevalent okay. and something that we need to just know Be about. mindful of. Yeah. Because yeah. there are things that you can do yeah. know, to help prevent it. Um, 24% of hip fracture patients age 50 and over die within, um, in the year following the fracture. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is pretty crazy. I know. Um, six months after a hip fracture, only 15% of patients can walk across a room unaided. Like, this is serious. That is terrible. I know. 16% can walk right? Um, unaided? What did yeah, you say? 15% of patients can walk across a room unaided. So that means 85 percent of people who have experienced a hip fracture are going to use either not be able to walk or use some kind of assisted aid. You know, my auntie, my great auntie, um, she broke her hip when she was a young child. And this is before they knew how to fix hips yeah. properly. Oh, dear. And so she had no mobility yeah. for the majority of her adult life. Wow. They put a stick between her legs and kept her hips open like that. Oh man. Isn't that crazy? That sounds terrible. I'm I, glad we have better ways. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Sad. So every year of nearly 300,000 hip fracture patients, one quarter end up in nursing homes and half never regain previous function. So really preventing this disease mm -hmm. is the way because once you get this disease and you experience a fracture, mm -hmm. like most of the time things go downhill. Yeah. Um, Osteoporosis related bone breaks cause patients, their families, and in, the, in our healthcare system, $19 billion annually. We're just related to this. Wow. I know you had no idea, did you? No idea. I know. Okay, it's fascinating. Okay. I know it is. It is. Bugger off. You. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> About 85 to 90% of adult bone mass, this is really fascinating and very pertinent and relevant. Um, is acquired by age 18 and girls and 20 and boys. Wow. So that means so we're over and we're going to over for us. Right. Exactly. Like what we, well, not necessarily. It's over. We're, <laughs> we're done. Still, yeah. Put us in the yeah, grave. We can still do some things, but um, start digging gonna, now. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm I'll take a purple cast. <laughs> Sorry. She, she's thinking about the color of her cast, but um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about nutrition because it's very relevant, but nutrition in childhood is the yeah. most important thing that you can do really to prevent this later on in, in, um, elderly, once you're an elderly adult. Yeah. That's know. crazy. It is crazy. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, osteoporosis occurs most often in non-Hispanic white and Asian women. Um, Indigenous populations in the U.S. are also considered high risk. However, mm. I haven't seen a lot of research done on this particular population, which was also an interesting. That's thing sad. That read about, yeah. But um, what they have been able to determine is that they are higher risk than other populations of people. That's um, really interesting. So, is. what about our diet? Yeah, our lifestyle. Life. It's. I think it has a lot to do with that lifestyle um, and just like, yeah, the luxury yeah. of life doesn't really. 
Yeah, and there's some other lifestyle stuff too um, that was mentioned in one of the studies, mm -hmm. but I didn't write it down, so I don't want to just go off of memory because it's been a little while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, fine then. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, African I'm a little punchy today. Yeah, you are. Sorry. African American and Hispanic women have a lower prevalence than white, Asian, and indigenous populations, but are still at significant risk, especially as they age. Because age has sure. a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, most women start to develop the disease a year or two before entering menopause mm -hmm. and will experience a fracture um, 10 to 15 years post-menopause. Interesting. Yeah. So in menopause, we'll talk more about it, but it has a lot to do with it, too. There's a lot of things happening. Um, so, yeah. So those are some interesting statistics that just really stood out to me. And, like, this is an issue. This is a problem. We need yeah. to, we need what to can we do to help? you know, prevent this disease, which in a lot of cases is preventable. Knowledge. Um, knowledge, knowledge is power. Exactly. So good job. That's why we're doing you it. You took a boring topic and made it exciting. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. I or important. Started. Yeah, yeah, important. Anyway. Um, so some symptoms. So people who have osteoporosis, they often don't have symptoms of it until they experience a break. And by then it's already, you know, too yeah. late, right? So um, it's often referred to as the silent disease just for this reason within um. Um, that particular healthcare community. Um, the most common cause, um, it, it is the most osteoporosis related fractures are the most common cause of fractures in postmenopausal women. I see. So if you're going to fall and break your hip, it's probably because you have osteoporosis. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Versus falling and not breaking your hip. Sure. Yeah. Um, Fractures can occur in any bone, but they most commonly occur in the bones of the hip, the vertebrae of the spine, and the wrist, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, I know about from... the hip, but I think the wrist probably because you're trying to catch your fall. fall. Yeah. yeah. Um, some symptoms of the spine fractures include um, severe back pain, loss of height, um, spine malformations, such as stooped or hunched posture. Like kyphosis, yeah, which is like um, like a humpback. Yeah, yeah. Um, bones that are diseased with osteoporosis are so fragile they may fracture just doing normal things. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even necessarily have to fall. You could just be bending or lifting something that you would normally lift, um, or even just a fall from a standing position, not you know from a ladder right. or something like that. Things that like most of us would do and not have any. Thing but a little bruise you know? yeah so um yeah anyway interesting it is really interesting um so there are quite a few risk factors so things that will put you more at risk for developing the disease and then a break so um gender is like the number one risk factor really mm -hmm. women have a lower peak mo peak bone mass um and smaller bones than men just in general um and so what is peak bone mass you ask yeah, yeah, I do. I want to know okay. what peak bone mass is. <laughs> peak so, bone mass. Yeah. So it's just what it sounds like. You know, it's the amount of bony tissue that is present at the end of the skeletal maturation. So okay. it's going to be the most bone mass you have at a certain point in your life. Okay. Yeah. Where after that, it's going to start to decline. decline. Yeah. Okay. So what age is that? Um, 18 well, or 19? Oh, when does it start to decline? When yeah. it gets closer to menopausal age, that one to two years. So it holds steady menopause. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it then it's going to decrease as you get uh, over 50 for women generally, yeah. but okay. um, pretty, it'll, it'll really decrease a couple of years before menopause. And then yeah. menopause is where things really 
it's a game changer. Yeah. For bone mass. Um, the uh, men men's risk increases mostly after age 70, where women's mm -hmm. is mostly after age 50. Okay. Um, and um, if menopause occurs earlier for some populations, then it, those people are going to be more at risk. Okay. For developing it early, earlier on, like, you know, maybe somebody is going through menopause, like, in the early 40s or something right. like that. Um, age is another risk factor, obviously. Um, healthy bone requires constant remodeling to mm -hmm. maintain this adequate structure and strength. I'm not going to get too much into that piece of it. I was, yeah, that's just beyond that's, yeah. this podcast. <laughs> but um, as people age, the bone loss happens more quickly and then it takes longer to grow new bone. Right. So you're losing your bone, but you're Faster not regrowing than you create than it. You create it. Yeah. yeah. So this causes the weakening of the bone and then, of course, increases the risk. Yeah. Um, body size. So women who have a slender build and thinner bones, based just on their genetic makeup, uh -huh. are at higher risk compared to larger boned women. Okay. And it was funny because I... I don't, you tell me what you know about this. Cause there's been this term used like larger boned yeah. people or whatever. And throughout years I've heard like, there's no such thing as like larger boned, but this study that I read specifically said larger boned. People. I feel like I um, have larger bones. Yeah. Just naturally. I always have, yeah. you know, had larger bones mm -hmm. and I can tell by like my wrists where it's not a very fatty part of a person. Yeah. Um, you can just feel your bones are you're bigger than the average, the average for thing. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's so I would thing. identify myself as big bone, big bone. Okay. Big bone. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the scientific. They, like, larger terminology. bone is what they used yeah. in the study yeah. that I was reading. So I thought that was good. Um, family history, like many other things, puts you more at risk for developing of osteoporosis. Course. So if one or more of your parents had a fracture related to osteoporosis, then okay. your risk is increased. All right. And they said specifically your parents or your grandparents. Okay. Um, changes in hormones. Yeah. So this is where menopause really kind the of The lack of in. estrogen. Yeah. And this was interesting. Um, so estrogen receptors, I did not know this, but estrogen receptors are found in a variety of cells in the bone and bone marrow. And I didn't know that. But, and estrogen has a direct role in regulating bone turnover. When I was, um, I didn't know it had a direct role. It does, and and now it's not completely understood, right? Um, and there's some controversy within the scientific community as to like the mechanism in which this works. So yeah. you know, go do your own research on that if you want to learn more. Yeah. But um, anyway, just know that decreased est estrogen causes weakening of the bone. Interesting. That's what I gathered from what I read. Okay. Um, which I didn't know. That was. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Me yeah. neither. Anyway. Um. So, but this is why postmenopausal women are at such high risk because their estrogen levels decrease during menopause. Right. So then you have, you know, significantly less estrogen to help with that bone turnover. And yep. so that's why it happens so rapidly after menopause and during menopause. Right. So okay. that made sense to me though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so far we've kind of talked about factors that are pretty much out of, you know, a woman's control. Um, and, but there are some things, right, that we can control. So okay. let's talk about environmental things and diet and exercise and all of those yeah. things that we just don't even want to think about a lot of yeah. times. So diet is really, really important when you're talking about preventing mm -hmm. osteoporosis. What things should people pay attention to? I'm going to get there. Oh, sorry. I, it's okay. That's all right. I'm going <laughs> to get there. She just scolded me. <laughs> Let me just tell you right now. 
So from childhood to old age, a diet low in calcium and vitamin D significantly increases someone's risk because okay. those are directly related to yeah, bone health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I remember, oh, I just put a little note here so I didn't forget, but I do remember learning this in nursing school and just being fascinated by the fact that a childhood diet could have yeah. such an impact mm -hmm. on your health as an adult. You mm -hmm. know, we don't necessarily think about that, but there are, I've read so many things, you know, since then yeah. that just really speak to that. Um, there are lots of factors in childhood that can determine health outcomes. So it's really important as a parent that we're feeding our kids mm -hmm. good and healthy things and teaching them what a healthy diet looks right. like. Um, Cause I'm just I'm always surprised. I can't remember. It was somebody I was talking to. Um, maybe it was you. I can't remember, but somebody um, was having this party and they were, uh, or get together with a friend and they're like, I don't eat any vegetables at all. Oh no, it wasn't you. I, I was going to say. That. No, no, it wasn't you that said that. That right. I had a friend that was telling me about somebody that they knew. Oh yeah. And this adult said, I don't eat vegetables at all. And you know, and that probably yeah. stemmed from something in childhood mm -hmm. or early adulthood. And not eating vegetables at all is just really not a good, healthy way to. Right. It's not a balanced diet. It's not diet a good, balanced diet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to have the carbs and fat, but you have to throw in some veg there. Yeah. Yeah. In so, fact, I feel like the vegetables are supposed to be most of the plate. They are. They yeah. are actually. The yeah. fruits and veggies are definitely most of the plate. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Yeah. Feed your kids lots of good, healthy vegetables and fruits when they're yeah. growing up and good whole grains. Um, and then hopefully when they are making their own food choices as adults, they'll make good ones yeah. to help support their health. Um, also, excessive dieting and poor protein intake can mm -hmm. increase the risk of developing osteoporosis. Yeah. So, you know, these there's all different types bad of diets. diets. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I teach a nutrition class and I have a whole unit on, like, bad diets and all the different yeah. things that, we, like, people will deprive their body of that we need. Yeah. I mean, we need these things and um, in the efforts of losing weight when really just about, like, for most healthy. people watching, you know, what you're eating and yeah. learning about what's healthy and what's not is really important. Yeah. And it completely contributes to your risk of os developing osteoporosis as well as other things like heart disease and, yeah. you know, certain cancers and stuff like that. So anyway, so there are some medications that can also, um, increase someone's risk of developing osteoporosis, yeah. specific medications. So long-term use of certain medications, such as glucocorticoids and adrenocorticotropic hormone. Woo, yeah. say that again, three times fast. I think I did okay. You did? Okay. I can't even, I can't even say it. Adrenocorticosteroids. <laughs> no, what? Okay, glucocorticoids okay. and adrenocorticotropic. Tropics. Wow. Okay. So these are used to treat asthma and rheumatoid arthritis, but okay. they can decrease um, that bone density and increase your risk for osteoporosis. Well, shoot, because usually uh, rheumatoid arthritis is in an individual who's older. It's so the right. two things are like battling each other. Yeah. That's yeah. unfortunate. We're going to talk quite a bit about medications for the next little bit here because there's some other things. Okay. Um, also, anti-epileptic um, medications that are used to treat seizures and other neurological disorders. Oh, These can increase risk of osteoporosis. Oh. Um, certain cancer medications, specifically um, ones that are that use like hormonal chemo. treatments, hormone uh, hormonal treatments for oh. um, like breast cancer. Oh, interesting. Because of the hormonal yeah. um, the piece of it. Yeah. 
um, which I thought was really interesting. Proton pump inhibitors, which are used all the time widely, yeah, um, to uh, uh, treat things like GERD and acid um, reflux, acid and... reflux, which I thought was really interesting. Interesting, I didn't know that. Um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are also widely used for depression and anxiety, those SSRIs. Yeah. So those can also increase your risk. And um, specific type 2 diabetes medications such as thiazolidinides. Wow. That one I struggled with. But that is a type 2 diabetic medication that okay. increases your risk. So if you're taking any of these medications, um, it might be worth just talking to your primary care provider if it wasn't already discussed about your risk of yeah. developing osteoporosis and things that you can do yeah. to um, help uh, you know, combat that. Yeah. Particularly if you're menopausal or postmenopausal. Um, so some lifestyle things, I probably should have put that. Oh, I got, I see what I did. I got my little sections out of order. Cause I was like, what did I talk? I missed the lifestyle stuff. Where did oh, I talk I about exercise? I just jumped into medications. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So I'm going to talk about lifestyle and then we're going to come okay. back to some medication stuff. I think. Oh, I see. Okay. So, um, I'm mixing it up just to keep me awake. Yeah. I'm kidding. This is fascinating. Oh, and then here, sorry, I wrote this quite a while ago. Yeah. And now I'm looking at the little, I should read my notes before I start talking. <laughs> it tells me why I saved it for here, but. It, oh I'm my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so low levels of activity and sedentary lifestyle contribute to bone loss along with lots of other preventable diseases. Yeah. And it's always, I'm not, I don't exercise very much or at all. Right. Should I just say very much or should I just tell, be truthful about it? Yeah. The, we know. go for walks with the dog. Well, walks, are, that, I feel like walks are really walks great. Walks are good. We're going to talk about, and it's, there's really, it's not a ton of exercise. You know, you don't have to, oh, I did put in here somewhere like, what is that? PX360, or you know, the, the what is it called? The, the P90X. Yeah. You don't have to do that to prevent osteoporosis right. and like kill yourself um, exercising. Yeah. Um, 40 to 60 minutes of exercise two to three times a day. I, wait, I was, I don't have 40 to 60 minutes twice a day, twice a day, three times a day. If you want to be real sure. No. Oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't take much at all. Just two hours, <laughs> maybe three of your time. It's fine. I know. No, it's about, it's no, two to three times a week <laughs> is what I meant. And okay. It, so basically two and a half hours a week of moderate intense exercise, such as biking or just walking fast. Yeah. You know, not a leisurely stroll, but like put some umph in it when you're walking. Your Shake those hips Shake and those, those arms. Yeah. There you go. Make but it two and a half hours a got. week. Most of us can make all the excuses of how we don't have 30 minutes a day or, yeah, you know, but, but we could really probably find the time. I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. I'm telling myself this. Yes. Because I have an exercise bike in my basement that's been there for a year and oh, I haven't yeah. gotten on it yet. Well, but because you this... put it in the basement. Well, well, there's scary things in basements. Not my basement. My basement's not a scary place. It's like okay. an, an extra living space. Oh, okay. No, it's a lovely place to be. Um, okay. And it's like for all the stuff that I don't want in my actual living space. So I got a I bike in my bike. garage that I just have to balance. It's my favorite. I love spinning. Yeah. How many times have you used it since you got it? Well, I haven't balanced it yet. I just got it two weeks ago. Oh, so, okay. I need to... so you're better than me. Well, we'll see. Let's try it again uh, in six months. And okay. <laughs> Jack. All right. It's I love spinning. Spinning is yeah. like therapeutic to me. Yeah. For a the lot of people. Music and yeah. Yeah. Oof, I love it. 
Yeah, good. We'll do it. Yeah, you too. Exercise bike. We should have a challenge. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Let me. I'm not admitting. She's daddy. like, I'm not I'm admitting to anything on the air. Okay. Committing <laughs> because you'll have proof that I committed. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, other things like uh, chronic and heavy alcohol consumption greatly increase your risk for osteoporosis. Yeah, that makes sense. And oftentimes, um, excessive alcohol use um, is associated with poor diet. You know, yeah. poor diet and uh, decreased nutritional uh, intake, intake, which exacerbate the problem, right? Yeah. If you're not getting those vitamins and minerals yep. that your body needs. Yeah. Um, so eliminating alcohol together or keeping it to moderate amounts will aid in your cost. Yeah. Some studies, now this is still out, but some studies indicate that- What do you mean? It's still, the jury's still out? The jury's still out. It's okay. not, there's not a general consensus. There's still active studies being okay. done, but it is suspected. And honestly, it makes sense to me um, that some studies do indicate that smoking, like tobacco, is a risk factor. I feel like smoking is, is a, a risk factor, factor for, for everything. everything. So yeah. like, why not osteoporosis? Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're talking about- It gives health. you brown eyes. I don't- no, I'm kidding. Brown eyes. I'm kidding. I don't know. Oh. I just, it's because I have brown eyes. I didn't want to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm confused about that. It was just random. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it is not at all true. I was being completely facetious. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, you took, you took the off. words out of my, yeah. No. That's She's okay. like, actually, it does make brown eyes. Like her. No. So, but the studies um, about smoking and bone health do indicate that the nicotine um, interferes with normal bone health. So that means not just like uh, cigarette smoking, right? right? But vaping and smokeless tobacco. Or like smokeless the, the gum. Or tobacco. Or the patch. The nicotine. Yeah. Yeah. It's the nicotine. It's not like the yeah. other things. It's like the nicotine, which is terrible for you. Yeah. That's why. Um, we talked about this in, a, in the health or the heart disease episode, but nicotine is really a greater risk yeah. um, for heart disease than it is even for lung cancer um, when you're smoking. So stop smoking. Yeah. Or don't start. That's what I put in here. Yeah. Yep. Or try to quit if you can. It's really hard, but there are ways and people do it. So keep at it if you're struggling. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So. How do we diagnose osteoporosis? DEXA scans? Yeah, DEXA scans. That's mm -hmm. right. Um, do you start those at age 55 or 60? 60? Um, oh, I, I take care of women, but, you know, this okay, is let me leaving see if I have the age my area of expertise. I yeah. think it's either it's 55 with a family history and 60 without. Don't quote me on sense. that. Do not. Okay. I repeat, I don't do have not the quote me. Here, actually, but um, let me just keep going and see if I can. Actually, you know something. what? I could probably find it real okay. quick. So, the most commonly used diagnostic tool is called a dual energy X ray absorb or absorb it absorption absorptiometry. <laughs> Like absorption or I'm Like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Absorptrometry? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, or the DXA or DEXA is what I didn't know that it, that's what it's pronounced. I don't know anything about this thing. But I do know that it is painless and non-invasive. And it uses lower levels of x-ray as a scanner is passed over your body while laying like on a table. And there's a, we'll talk about, there's a travel size one too. Um, so it measures the bone density um, of the skeleton and identify specific areas that are at risk for fracture, right? So probably like your hip or your wrist or your spine, those areas that are um, more at risk for breaking. 
Um, and this is uh, the most widely accepted test. It's really reliable way to diagnose osteoporosis, particularly in the hip and spine. Um, there is also a portable DEXA machine that measures the heel and wrist, which can kind of, they have these at health fairs. I've seen them at health fairs where they can just do kind of a quick scan. And if um, it pops up as abnormal, then you can go and get like the full body scan done. Cool. What did you find out? Oh, how did you know age? I was ready? Because your face. Oh, wow. Your face did it. So um, the screening says that you should screen all postmenopausal women age 50 and over for osteoporosis risk. Okay. But that you would consider a DEXA scan for all women age 65 and older, all postpartum, um, post wow, postmenopausal um, women with a history of fractures without major trauma, okay. with osteopenia, uh, osteopenia, which is identified radiographically, or those taking systemic glucocorticoid ah, therapy. Yeah, one of those and up. other uh, postpartum or postmenopause. Wow. That's, I just don't take care of this population. Yeah. Postpartum is my jam. So postmenopausal women with risk factors um, such as low body weight, family history, early menopause, current smoking, excessive consumption of alcohol, and a postmenopausal women with a risk of secondary osteoporosis or women who have suffered a fracture age 50 and over. Okay. So there basically, you have it. like, if you are in any of those kind of things that we've talked about yeah. throughout the episode, it's worth getting, at least talking to your provider about whether or not it's appropriate for you at this time. That is from the NPWH, National Prevention of uh, Women's Health app. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right, so that is the diagnostic tool um, most widely used. Yeah, there is another sense. way to diagnose this, but it's not really used. I don't. I didn't want to talk about it too much because it was just not really relevant. Okay, I just don't use it very often. Um, so there are some treatments. There are lots of medication treatments. Yeah. So in addition to the lifestyle, you know, Food, diet, exercise, diet, exercise, all of those yeah. things, because you definitely want to uh, yep. not ignore that. Yeah. Um, they these most of the medications work primarily by slowing the bone breakdown that occurs with aging. So your body is able to kind of keep up with that right. um, bone building because it slows down um, that breakdown, and then your body has time to build it back up. I see. So the first choice um, medication for osteoporosis is biphosphonates, and these include things such as um, I'm just going to use the brand name here. That's fine. Yeah, they're easier to say. Yeah. Um, Fosamax, mm -hmm. which is a weekly pill. Um, Actinel, which is a weekly or monthly pill. Um, the main side effects of bisphosphonate, sorry, yeah. bisphosphonate pills are stomach upset and heartburn. And most people can just like stay upright for 36, 36, 36 hours. <laughs> 36 hours. <laughs> 30 to 60 minutes after taking. Oh, okay. So take it in the morning so, and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, Boniva is a monthly pill or quarterly IV infusion. Oh, and it's, you can get Boniva as an IV infusion. Yeah, quarterly. So it's every three months. 
yeah, Reclass, which is an annual once a year IV infusion, which I thought was kind of cool. That is interesting. This one does cause mild flu-like symptoms in some people, but usually only after the first infusion and Tylenol usually does the trick. Oh, well, that would be worth it for a year. Totally. I wonder how expensive it is though and whether well, insurance covers it no, and blotty, sure blotty, blotty, blah. And I didn't get Sorry. into all of that. <laughs> but those are all things to consider. Yeah. Like, treatments. Right. Yeah. Because what are you going to be able to afford? What were you right. Um, there are um some risks of for some of these medications. There's a risk of developing atypical femoral fracture or osteonecrosis of the jaw. So that would be bone, uh, bone death of the jaw. I know I read that and I was ow. like, well, I don't know if that's worth the risk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, anytime you talk about necrosis of anything, yeah. it's like, that's death. Yeah. So I'm just going to reassure some people here. Okay. Because this, this is with the bisphosphonates specifically. Okay. All right. So the risk increases the longer someone is taking the medication. So after about five years of taking bisphosphonates, um, your provider may recommend a drug holiday. Have you heard of a drug holiday? I would like a drug holiday. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was really fun. I was like, drug holiday. Um to help prevent this. It's like um, when you're taking uh, Depo-Provera, you uh -huh. need a drug holiday. A drug holiday. Or it causes decreased bone health. Oh, that's right. In young women. I didn't actually talk about that, but I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. Because I think we did talk about that in the episode. Mm -hmm. We talked about the birth Depo. control. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so the cool thing about... Um, the bisphosphonates is that after taking it for several years, the medicine remains in the bones for some times and continues to have an effect, which means taking this medication holiday um, is okay because it still has the effects, but then it's decreasing your risk of getting this necrotic jaw. Yeah. We don't is, want no. necrosis no, we of don't. the jawline yeah. unless it does anything this chin. I don't think that's going to be the case. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think that's the recommended treatment for the chin. Okay, fine. Um, a holiday is not usually recommended for those who um, have experienced a fracture though, oh, during darn it. treatment. Okay. So, but if they haven't, you know, if it's been identified through a scan or whatever, and they haven't experienced a fracture, then this is a good, a drug holiday is a good way to prevent the necrosis, but also yeah. um, improve the bone health. Okay. So, yeah. Um, because uh, it's, yeah, it's positive effects persist yeah. after you stop taking it. Um, bisphosphonates can't be taken by certain populations. So if you have a reduced kidney function, um, you don't want to take this. Um, uh, there are other options, and we're going to talk about that. So um, there is a medication that's a denosumab. 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 Okay, I said that phonetically correct, so I don't know how to say it. I didn't look it up. But this is an injection delivered under the skin every six months. So that would just be an alternative. That you okay. There is some research, though, that indicates stopping this particular medication can result in a fracture. Oh, shoot. Um, so making sure to get the injection every six months is really important. Yeah. And actually, compliance is one of the big issues here. Yeah. With patients going, because it's not... It's, not, um, it's time consuming to go in every six months for anything. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like six months comes up so quick, right? Yeah. So um, getting somebody in there to go get it is kind of right. a thing. Um, so estrogen paired with progesterone... Um, used to be a more common treatment for osteoporosis. However, there is an increased risk for blood clots, 
um, endometrial cancer, breast cancer, and possibly heart disease with these types of hormonal treatments. And so it's now only reserved for women who can't take those other medications that we discussed. Okay. Um, there are a few drugs that speed up the bone building process. So the bisphosphonates um, decrease the bone breakdown, okay. degradation of the bone, but these will speed up the bone building Production. process. Okay. Right? So um, Fortio, this is a weekly injection. Um, Timlos is a weekly injection. Um, Avenity is a monthly injection. Um, these type of drugs are typically reserved for people who have very low bone density, who have had fractures, or whose osteoporosis is caused by steroid medications ah, specifically. Okay. Um, there is some evidence from a study done in mice that it may increase one's risk for developing bone cancer, but there are no any human incidences of this. Okay. So I would say it's okay for humans, you know. So far. So far. Okay. There's not been anything identified. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's all you have is case studies and yeah, there's only right. And if only, there are no case only, studies, there are no case studies, you, you know, just go with what you know, know at the time, you know, at the time, yeah. what they knew back then is not uh, clearly hysteria, it, right? the hysterics of it all, <laughs> you know, so what they didn't know back then. Right. So, um, that's mostly what I have. I just wanted to I think end it's great. What, yeah. It was really interesting. Um, I, I learned a lot when I was yeah. researching this stuff I didn't know before, but I think just, um, you know, to reiterate a healthy diet with adequate calcium and vitamin D and protein, exercising, um, alcohol in moderation and not using nicotine, um, go a long way in maintaining bone health and your overall health. Yeah. Um, I think for many of us, and I was thinking about this thinking about like um the kids and stuff and kids nutrition like it's hard in early 20s and 30s yeah. you know you just feel like you're gonna live forever it's like right. life that you know old age is so far away it's hard for us i think to see the future and accepting um you know that we are all going to age and experience yeah. health issues and right. so um it's important for us to just try to have some forethought in what we're doing with our bodies now yeah to try to prevent you know problems in the future so we can live to a ripe old age. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I loved it. That's awesome. That's great. I think that that provides people with a good place to start yeah. if they haven't had their screening yeah. or if they are higher risk that they should go in and yeah. talk to their provider and yeah. just kind of figure out what the right avenue for them is. I think yeah. it's really, really informative. Yeah. And I'm glad you chose a boring topic and made it fun oh, I'm and informative. So. Well, I hope it was informative and yeah. I, I enjoyed researching it. Well, you know, don't forget to share your stories. Share your stories. We need birth stories. Share them all. Ask your questions. We have some questions. We we're, we're working researching. On, yeah. Um, so that's great. So Thank if you, you sent a question, it's being worked on. It yes. just takes a little bit of time. Yeah, we have to figure out how to fit it in with the other questions and the time and all of the things. Making sure we have good info. Yeah. So um, so hang in there for those yep. where we haven't forgotten about you. And then, um, you know, share your stories. Share us with your friends. Um, wear our merch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go review us and like us. Yeah. And don't forget, you can email us at um the aos411 at gmail.com if if that's easier for you or you could go to our website at www.theaos411.com that's the spot share your stories yeah we hope you guys feel enlightened today we do and i <laughs> uh,
Spread love and laughter. Yes. Spread love and laughter. Finally, <laughs> she says it once. Spread love and laughter. Spread love and laughter. Bye. Bye.